Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. So happy to have you listening today. And le- listen, guys, we've been listening to you. We hear you. So we brought yes. our friend Bree Springs from yes. season 25 of The Bachelor. So we're really excited to have her on today. And we're talking all about modern families. But before that, we got to get to our hot takes. What do you say, Mike? Uh, definitely. So on hot takes for our beautiful family, what we've been doing is we want to bring what the culture is talking about. We don't bring things that are in the news that are hot, debatable things that we may not agree on. And we want your views. We want our our guests, their viewpoint. And today, no other than the one and only, the gorgeous, the most beautiful. She has a great story, Bree Springs. I'm ready to get right into it. How about you? <laughs> wow. What's up, Bree? <laughs> What's up, you guys? Thank you for having me on today. That was Not the gone. best intro I think I've ever had. Ever. <laughs> Thank you for being Thank here today. You, Mike. We, we, we practice that. Brian and I practice that a lot all weekend long. <laughs> we'll have to edify. I'm sure you did. <laughs> no facts. But like we were saying, we're going to get into some hot takes today. So, Brian, how about you kick us off with a hot take? What do you got? All right, man. Last week, actually last week, we saw Steve Harvey's comments actually come into question because he had said in an interview that women and men, there's no way that there could be a platonic relationship between women and men. All right. They either just got to get together, be in a relationship, you know, have have sexual relations, whatever the case may be. But he can't he doesn't think that they could just remain friends. And I actually got to disagree with him on that. You know, I have relationships that are 100 percent platonic and so does Rachel. Um, you know, that pretty much means that we've never taken it to that physical level with these people. Now, I do think it's it's rare and it, it you know, both people need to be on the same page. You know, it's. It's not the it's not that we don't you know, we may find each other attractive or whatnot or thought of each other in that way. But it's more of a of a situation where I feel like I value that relationship so much as a on a friendship level. And they do the same that if we were able if we were ever to take it to that place and let's just say it didn't work out like that would be the end of the relationship. Like you can't go there, be romantic, be sexual with somebody and then, you know, let's say you're not compatible in that way, relationship wise, then take it back and be besties and hang out and, you know, tell each other all your secrets and stuff like that. I just don't think it'll happen that way. I think that'll dissolve the relationship and you guys will just go your separate ways. But do I think it can happen? I do think it can happen. What do you guys think? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dang, I like, I don't know, I kind of disagree with you. Okay, that's cool. That's what hot takes are all about. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly, I feel like, I feel like women and men might necessarily, I don't think they can have platonic relationships because I feel like on one or the other side, someone in that friendship has had to have had the thought like, what if we were meant to be together? Or what if we did just hook up? I mean, I'm just thinking about like some of my guy friends. I have some guy friends who I have been you friends with them? before and we're oh, okay. still friends we've hooked up we're still friends it's like nothing ever happened i mean in my mind i feel like guys can do it all the time so why can't women do it mike what do you think fair i think it's complete blas- blasphemy that steve harvey said that um <laughs> i agree agree that you say that you know you've had some form of physical contact with a guy you guys are still friends but to what steve said you still can be friends with that person. Uh, I think that shows some insecurities within oneself of control, right? I have gorgeous friends. I mean, think about the Bachelor Nation. A lot of these women are my friends and I've never touched them, right? Uh, they could spend a night, I could spend a night at their crib and nothing would ever occur. It's just the level of respect that I have and the level of relationship that we have for them, right? Also with that being said, I remember when I was ignorant and thinking back to people in the LGBT community, I was like, bro, I can't go to certain places because they're all going to like me because I'm a guy, right? That's completely ignorant to say. 
people in the LGBT community can be friends with same-sex partners and not want to hook up with them. So for Steve to say that, yeah. that's just blasphemy. Bree, what about you? What, are you, a, what is one of your hot takes? That's a really good point. One of my hot takes today is um, infidelity. Infidelity and forgiving um, cheaters in a relationship. Personally, I think that this is an unpopular opinion and I've actually had a guy like threaten to break up with me for just thinking, having this thought or an opinion on this, but I think you should be able to forgive someone for infidelity and try to work through it and move on. I don't think it's caused to end a relationship or end a marriage. And so many times we're so quick to judge people for a girl going back to her ex because he's cheated on her or vice versa. But I feel like there's just such a really big stigma around infidelity and it shouldn't so what be do you think, that big. So what do you think it, it takes from one, like the person that cheated? Because I mean, they obviously have a big role now in stepping up and basically not reversing because it, it is what it is. It happened, right? But what right. does that person have to do to convince? So you said you would forgive a man, right? I think it's, I think, I think I would want to forgive someone. So yeah, what would I think they I'm need to do? It shouldn't be out of the question. Right. So what would they I need to do to like get you on in, in good graces again? I think it's everyone's own personal boundaries and personal standards, right? It's like, here's what I need to see to know where I can trust you. Because otherwise it puts such like a, it puts an on, I don't know, you, you're put into a position where you're on a pedestal where you're required or expected to be perfect or have a perfect relationship or have a perfect marriage. And we all know that we're human and we're not perfect. So in my mind, it's up to each their own to establish like, these are my boundaries. This is what you would need to do for me to regain that trust. It's like if you're a mom or you're a parent and your child lies to you, what does that child need to do to regain the trust of your parents? And you go through the steps and over time, you'll show them that, mom, you can trust me again. Like, I don't know. No, you do know. You made it. A great point. I actually agree with your unpopular opinion. I remember when we had a beautiful lady, Diane Valentine, on our podcast, and I spoke about, uh, we were speaking about Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, and I said that I thought that that was love, what they, the, the conversation that they had to go through uh, and talk it out. Truly, uh, I have been on record saying multiple times, if I have my life partner, my wifey, if she cheated on me, I feel that we can get through it with conversation. And the reason I feel that way is because in traditional monogamy, the price for telling the truth is so high that deception becomes the rule, right? Uh, we, when we have our wife, we have our husband, we have our type of relationship, no matter what it is, there is some truth that we are afraid to say, and we weigh the risk, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously. And I don't think no one should cheat, right? I'm gonna say that for the record. But at the same time, that's, I feel they didn't have a, they didn't know how to communicate. They didn't know how to conversate. It could be something that is something that you feel like you should, you should say, Hey babe, you don't, you, I, you haven't got me off in four years, right? That may be a hard conversation to have with someone, but the reason that they choose deceit is because they're, un, they're afraid of being honest and telling the truth. So I agree with you completely. Wait, I think man. that after, I think that after a cheating occurs that that person really loves you, really wants you, really wants to be with you, you can have, those open lines of communication. And I think you can do like Wabi Sabi, what you talk about in my book, and you can grow stronger than the cracks. Wait, let me let me get this straight, man. So you said, like you gave an example there where the per one person hadn't been getting love for several years and that's the reason why they cheated? Yeah, no, bro, there's a million. And there was a, like a lack of cheat. communication is essentially why they did it? Cause I think that's a bogus, that's a bogus cop out in my opinion. Well, that's well Brian, fair. what do you think? What's that? What do you think? Brian, what do you oh, think? Oh, I mean, honestly, um, it's like a plate, right? A plate, you shatter it on the floor, it breaks. You could super glue that thing. You could gorilla glue it back together. But once that trust is broken, like that plate, that original plate, it's never going to be the original plate. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that is is gone for. And for me, I mean, I think there's things that, can play a factor like if you have kids like you know how many how many parents stay together because of the kids yes yeah, but if it's just like straight up infidelity where it's like been going on like they're just straight up having an affair versus you yeah, know maybe just that cheating. one time where they so, messed up yeah you know what i mean like there's different circumstances for all that but for me 
like my conscious, like, yeah, like you could do everything, but the second you start acting up, like it's th that whole trust factor is going to go out the window once again. So it's like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to put myself through that. Like, I don't think Bree's saying she wants to put herself through that, nor am I. Do no you? one wants to cheat. I don't think she's the right yeah. thing. But like, like you said, a plate that broke, you can grow stronger through a break. You can grow stronger through a crack. And because of that break, because of that crack, those are things that now you have to work even harder to build that bond, like what the glue yeah. will do. You're right. So, and I just think that some people... Go ahead. Sorry, Bree. It's, I was just going to say, it is so taboo that people immediately jump to, well, I don't... I mean, cheating is not okay. No, and no one's saying that it's okay. It's not right. okay, but it's just whether or not you'll take steps to forgiving that person to try to build a stronger connection, build a stronger relationship, to then hope see your way through something that's really hard as opposed to just ending it. I mean, imagine how many people are involved. Like it's a whole, it's a whole web of people that are involved, friends, family, children. Like, I don't know. Right. I know if I have friends and family that have been married for over 15 years and there's something that they desire in their relationship, but they feel like they can't just tell their partner. And that's what slowly starts to build resentment and slowly starts to build uh, deceit. And that's why they may do something, right? I'm not saying that's the only reason why, but to, yeah. to move on, my hot topic of the day, I wanna hear y'all thoughts on this. So egg freezing has boomed during the pandemic as women opt to wait, uh, wait out family life. We are anticipating in America to have 500,000 less children uh, because women are freezing their eggs. I personally am all for it. I don't think that we, live, we should live in a society to where, oh, you're 35, you're 40 years old, you have to have a child right now. No, I wanna live my life, I wanna be happy, I want to have a child when I dictate having a child. That's a part of the beauty of having technology. What are y'all thoughts? I agree. I mean, I'm to each, yeah, to each their own. Go I ahead, mean, Brian. with the advancements of you know, people are are focusing on their careers more, delaying marriage, um, you know, and waiting to have kids. Like, if you can control that, I mean, obviously, and try to keep it as natural as possible. You know, I mean, I, I'm not gonna like choose the the sex of my kid or anything but you know if you could delay it and you know freeze your eggs freeze your sperm and you know have it later on i'm i'm all for that i might gotta freeze my sperm bro i'm getting older i don't got my lady yet might as well do it now bro might as well do it now i mean i'm obviously all for it coming from someone who you know is a young professional it's always been appealing to me to want to freeze my eggs especially because i have so many friends, so many coworkers who are in like this weird phase of like, well, do I choose career or baby? What if your career is your baby and you're just not mm. ready to give that up yet, right? So I think women should like feel completely empowered to freeze their eggs. And I don't think there should be any sort of like shame or stigma around it because I mean, I can also be the first person to say like my mom is what, um, my mom's like nearing her forties and she wanted to have a kid. And sometimes it's not easy to have a child um, whenever you're that age. So to have a kid at a later date or time, I think that's, I think that women should feel empowered to do so without um, feeling judged for it. Great, Brian. I absolutely loved our hot takes today. I, I think we could have kept going on and on again and kept bringing up more hot takes. Some of those hot takes we may need to use for further episodes and like kind of fully flesh that out. Absolutely. But Brie, you hit on something. You were talking about your mother uh, nearing her 40s and you know wanting to be a mother again. Uh, when we were talking about freezing of eggs. I want to know, uh, what is that like for you? Uh, being in your young 20s, you know, having your mom who's nearing 40 wanting to have a child again. How is that like for you and your thought and your perspective? Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly, it's been like a, it's been, um, it's evolved. My feelings about it have evolved over time. Um, I think, I think most pe people like who might be listening or people who have watched me on the show, like the last story that I told was, um, it was a really isolating feeling to have your mom, you know, start a new family or want to start a new family, especially because it has always been my mom and I, my, well, me and my mom, my entire life. So for all 25 years of my life, it has just been the two of us living together. Like even whenever I went home, you know, my mom always told me home is where your mom is. Oh, that was, that was it. Yeah. Right. So it was wherever I went home, it was wherever my mom was. So I remember saying that it was really isolating because obviously like none of my friends, none of my family members can relate to um, being 25 and your mom, you know, 
wants to start a family. She's my mom's engaged. She has a fiance. She just bought a house, like all of these things. But even, I mean, just now after my little sister is here, I remember, I also remember saying that it was really selfish of me to think that it was an isolating experience because the fact is is that I did have family everywhere. Like I wasn't losing my family in a moment of panic. It felt like I was losing my family, which was my mother. Um, but it was really selfish of me to think that I didn't have family elsewhere. Like when in reality, I have family in all pockets of the country and I have family who will take me in at any point in time. Like my friends have grown into my family and now, so even now more so it's, I'm just, I'm so happy to have a little sister because when I think about how my mom raised me and I think about who I am as a 25 year old who's living a completely different life than what my mom lived as a 25 year old. It just makes me so um, happy to have like a little, a little, a young girl to who has the two of us to look up to. It makes me think like, wow, Rumi's going to be in an even better position than I was than I'm in right now. And that is like what I'm really most excited about. So I've grown to really embrace the feeling of my mom starting a new family at this age because it's like I'm a part of it and now I can help it be an even bigger family and give Rumi something that I never had. Did she did she like prep you for for that situation where, you know, maybe she sat you down and was like, hey, listen, this these are my <laughs> thoughts. These are my feelings. This is what I want to do. How do you feel about it? Because I feel like you know, just based on what I saw on the show, like you and your mom, especially yeah. in your dynamic where it's like just you and her, you know, for so many years, I feel like you, you're like girlfriends, right? Like you share everything, yeah. you talk about each other's love lives, I'm sure. Like, I want to know like what kind of dynamic that, that brought on. The dynamic is really interesting. Like the dynamic is unique because it's actually, it's not quite like a girlfriend, best friend dynamic. You would okay. think, right? Because we're yeah. only like 13, 14 years apart, but something that my mom has always said to her friends and to our family is I'm her mother. I'm not her best friend. Cause that was a way to keep me on a straight and narrow path to like success. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you're the child. I'm the mother. You listen <laughs> Don't to get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. And we, we never talked about our love lives. We never talked really? about our personal lives. Okay. So you can imagine that because I mean, men were never a priority for my mom. I was a priority for her. So therefore she thought men shouldn't be a priority for Brie. School's a priority for Brie. Um, jobs are a priority for Brie. Friends and family are priorities for Brie. Um, so you can imagine there's this entire, it was like, it was a thing. Like she had to like sit me down. It's a little bit awkward. I also slightly kind of knew already. I hadn't <laughs> thought that something was coming and it was just like a boom, here's the news. Like I'm pregnant. And it was such a shock to me because I had no idea that she was wanting to have a family. And so long, everyone always asked my mom, she was young, will you have another kid? Will you have another kid? Like, will you start a new family? And it was always a no. Because my mom, I just don't think was ever in a place in her life where she felt like she wanted to do it again. And the first time was, not to say that it wasn't great, but obviously yeah. like in ideal circumstances, you don't want to be a teenager or a young mother. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. It was not an easy moment. And a lot of people were like, asked my mom, like, how did Brie take the news? Um, I mean, how would your parents sit down and be like, Hey, Brian, we are, we're expecting a baby. What if they told you that right now? There's really like, there's like no the, good way to do it. They're a little honestly. older. So I'd be like, is that even possible? <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> So your mom's fiance, they're having yeah. a kid together. So I imagine, you know, you say you didn't really talk about each other's love life, but you knew him that they were dating and they were in a relationship and you, you approved of all that, you know, from yeah. an early start. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is the interesting, I mean, this is my mom and I have a relationship unlike any other mother daughter relationship in my opinion, yeah. because I've gotten older. Like I think what a lot of people fail to realize is like, I'm living out a life that my mom didn't always have. So that comes with mm. a lot of like life experiences that my mom doesn't have. So as I'm getting older, and I think more people can relate to this with you and your relationship with your father or other women and their relationship with their mother, the dynamic starts to change because you are no longer a kid anymore, a child anymore. You are becoming an adult. And with that comes like me having really strong opinions and being really like 
assertive and a little bit more protective of my mom. Like I think mm. if anything, it's like my mom's also very protective of me and I'm very protective of her. And so I can't say that it was a relationship that I was like fully on board with. It was one made my mom happy. And it was one that I had to like, kind of like sit down and tell myself, my mom deserves every opportunity to have a life that she didn't have beforehand. And if she's able to start that right now, who am I to like judge or who am I to like not be on board with it or be upset about it in any way? Um, Cause in reality, she was just, she's now starting to live this life that, I mean, your parents had in their early thirties or mid thirties. Um, so, I mean, that's how I kind of look at it now. Yeah. And we are in a much better place where we are like a big, happy family. And you just have to kind of have to like, just do what you have to do for your family sometimes. Bri, you're saying so many things that are resonating with me. Earlier you had spoke about when you found out, you was honest, you felt isolated, right? You felt like it was an isolating situation. Yeah. You don't have many family or friends or no one in your life that is going through this situation right now. And then you said something else that really hit me, which is protective. You had a, a protective mm -hmm. instinct for your mother uh, because you guys, you just love her so much, right? And then you brought up yeah. the fact that, you know, you're happy for her for this, this, and that reason. I remember when I fell in love, my mother, let's just use the term protective, right? She was protective <laughs> yeah. against her, her only boy. And mm -hmm. she was definitely not the nicest person to the uh, young lady at the time. She has since grown. She's a beautiful lady. My mom is. Uh, can you tell us, how did you get to this state? Was there some friends that you had or just something you listened to? Or were you just introspective and realizing again that you were being selfish in that regard and that it's okay to have that feeling, yeah. but to get through it? How did you get through that? Yeah, I'm a very introspective person. I always am thinking and always in my thoughts and I think for me it was just it didn't make any sense to be upset about yeah. it it didn't make it didn't make any sense to be in a situation where i felt like i was constantly unhappy especially if this was making my mom happy um and it i think that's what comes with maturity is just realizing that this is my mom's life now and it's not necessarily that i don't agree with it but let's say i didn't like her fiance at the time right it's like what's well, going to happen. So what can I do now to change my attitude about it? And Mike, I mean, I think I was, I'm aware that you are the only male in your family and it does, it brings out this like protective instinct in you that you're like, well, my loyalty is live with my mom and I'm going to do everything to like look out for my right. mom in this way. And my, equal as equally as my mom's going to do for me. I mean, my mom has never liked a single one of my exes. Like, so much so to the point where she was like, well, I'm not going to meet him. What's is your point? mom like Matt? Wait, 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 wait. Did She's your mom never like liked. Hold on, Brian. Did you, did your mom like Matt? <laughs> well, did you guys, did, I don't know if you saw like the, the what, is, what are they called? Hometown, hometown episode. My mom was very skeptical. She was like, she, I remember her saying All something like, mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, when they say the word she, interesting. She liked him. Yeah, she liked him. He was. She thought he was nice. She thought he was a great guy. I mean, Matt he was nice. Talked to every parent yeah. up. Like, yeah, he said he everything was, that everyone wanted him to say. So he pulled a. Uh, he's he, nice. was, he was giving so his wait. representative, right? <laughs> so wait, tell me about these exes. Like, damn, she was hard on yeah. them, huh? Like, what was it about these guys that? What was it that you saw that she didn't see? That's. I mean, case in point, my mom always. We always see things that, you know, mm. maybe or our parents always see things that maybe we're blind to. And my mom there, I mean, I had one ex and my mom just did not like him. I guess it's from all the stories that I told her about him. It was a very mm. rocky relationship. It was not necessarily the healthiest. And I remember the first time they were going to meet, she literally refused to come downstairs to meet him. Oh, your mom's and I was mama. so, yeah, I mean, my, it was crazy. I was like, I was so upset. I left. Like it was a whole dramatic thing. My mom and I are very dramatic. I'm a very dramatic person. Um, Did that? But yeah, she mother mother bear instincts. Like mm -hmm. the relationship went very south. Um, so mom was always right. Mm. And in the end, that's why. I mean, right. even more so now. I really, really look to my mom to have that vote of confidence from her because. 
moms know best. Moms Parents do know, know best. best. That, that is true. Like, deny how, that. How old were, was your mom when she had you? My mom was 13 when we got pregnant. She was 14 whenever she had me. And so how, how old are you? I, you guys, I, I'm 25 so right now. Technically, I'll be remiss if I didn't say this. I think that Bree, Brian, he's old enough to be your father. <laughs> you guys, technically, Brian, you yes. You be my dad. I called Nick Vile and I was like, Nick, you're older than my mom. Nick Vile <laughs> be my dad. Yes. Thank Nick you. Thank you, guys. Cool Thank you, Mike. Be a cool dad. Thank you, Mike, Brian, for aging me. Bro, hey, you got Brian, you got a, you have a wonderful, intelligent daughter right here. <laughs> She's 25, like, I never knew. Isn't this what you'd want? Isn't this what you'd want, Brian? I don't know. I mean, Rachel and I, I mean, you could, you, you look more or less like, like <laughs> what we would have. Should, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Bree, how? Very true. Your mom was 13, 14 years old. That's, yeah. that's young, right? How did she make it work? So well, young. Tell it. I wish your mom was here so we could talk to her. From your perspective, <laughs> as the only daughter up until now, I mean, yeah. I think. We can all say your mother did a wonderful job, but how did she make it work? How was that upbringing? Yeah. I mean, this is like the the biggest thing about like the modern family, right? The non-traditional family. Everyone always growing up was like, where's your dad or your parents? Or everyone always constantly reminded me that my mom was a single mom. And I think one of the best ways to encapsulate how my mom did it was the saying, it takes a village. It really does. And I think my family realized that very quickly. Like, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily in black culture, um, Brian, maybe it's in, in like Latinx culture as well, but um, your friends are your family. My mom's best friends, those are my, those are my aunts. Those are my aunties, like her guy friends, those are my uncles, like your friends really start to become family. And I think yeah. my family really rallied around my mom during this time. and. My mom was really freaking smart. Like my mom was the smartest one in her class, smartest one in her school. Like she was very driven. And what's funny is she gets, she gets so offended whenever people tell her like, you did such an amazing job or you were really pr like, we're so proud of you um, because sh she thinks it's like a backhanded compliment in mm -hmm. a way where she's like, well, uh, we were just supposed to be another statistic, but why wouldn't anyone expect me to, to work hard? or to continue to work hard or to continue to want more for my daughter and myself. Um, so my mom was just, I think my mom literally just took it for what it was. And she was like, maybe it's not a, an ideal situation, but I'm going to do everything that I can to give my daughter the opportunities that I now don't have. And she did like, she sent, she worked all the time. I remember my mom working all the time. I went to daycare with my grandmother. My grandmother's a daycare teacher. Um, my like friends, aunts, uncles would pick me up from school. My mom sent me through to the best private schools in the city. Um, well, hold up. She was she just really persistent. Put you in private school? Yeah, my mom's a wow. fucking beast. She's insane. That's yeah, I, think that's I mean, granted that also. Wow. That was my mom, like also really. Um, prioritizing work for me, schoolwork. Again, my mom was never big on like Brie having a boyfriend or Brie like having a crush on boys. It was very much like school is your only job. That's the only way that it's going to make me happy is if you do well in school. And that's what I had to do. And so I had, I had scholarships growing up Scholarship, um, as well, but my mom did put me like, she worked her ass off to put me through, through school. Brie, that's great. Amazing. Can I, that's just, that's terrific. Now that, you know, you got school out the way, you're extremely well-spoken. Now that your mother's, you know, engaged, having a child, now that, you know, you've yeah. gone off the, the bachelor, uh, you're a young adult dating, do you and your mother have that relationship to know where you talk about boys, to where you talk about, you know, me and your dating liking? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now it's like, I mean, my mom and I are always constantly working on our communication, but I think now that I'm at this age and dating is obviously a priority for me uh, because I realized a family was a priority for me. My mom and I are very open about it. And what's super interesting, and I would love y'all's take on this is I, the only thing that's really crazy is like, I don't know how 
not having a father figure in my life is going to manifest itself in my relationships. Like I was just telling this to someone, I don't really know what it's like for a man. I, I don't know how a man is supposed to treat you because I never saw an example of what that looked like. I mean, I know how I want anyone to treat me, but I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be super interesting whenever I do start dating and serious relationships of like, how do I want to be treated? How do I, ex how, what do I expect from this person? Um, if I don't know what that's going to like, what that, what a good example of that looks like. That's a great question. I remember my ex and I had a conversation and she helped me to realize something. My mother always used to say, treat people how you want to be treated. Mm. But what yeah, if you thanks. don't know how you want to be treated? And that's kind of what you're alluding to when it comes to your partner. Have you ever been in a serious relationship? Yeah, I, I've been in a serious relationship. I was in two serious relationships, I'd say, before the show. One of them was a little bit more um, toxic and unhealthy, and the other one was very, very healthy. Um, I almost, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I have been. I would say that's a great and start right there. So I want to know, like, what was your relationship with your father like? And what were those, you know, conversations like with your mom when he wasn't in the picture? Like, how did that go down? Yeah, my mom was never someone to keep me from seeing my father. Um, no, there are a lot of, I think, women who harbor resentment towards, you know, um, their baby daddies for not being around. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they'll like either keep the kids from seeing them or I don't know, just they talk maliciously about them. Mm -hmm. My mom never did that. She also always made sure that her, my family on her side would never say anything malicious about my dad. Um, he was around. It's not a completely estranged relationship, but around as in my dad, you know, I'd go see my dad for a weekend, but my dad was never there. So like I'd pack up the whole weekend bag, go see my, like stay with my family or on my dad's side. So my great grandmother and be with my cousins, but my dad would just leave and he was never there. So going to my mm. dad's house was like going to hang out with like my cousins and my uncles and aunts because he wouldn't stay around to hang out with me. And there were also a lot of times where he didn't show. Like it was just like Bree's gonna spend the weekend with her dad. Next thing you know, I have a bag packed, I'm dressed, I'm ready never showed up, never calls us. We don't know where he is. So the older I got, you don't know the where more, he is like, to this day or at that time? No, I know where I know where he is. But at the time, it was just like, well, we don't know where Bree's dad is. We haven't heard from him. So, you know, just just absent, just never showed. Um, and he didn't take any part in helping my mom and I in, in any way. Um, so, you know, as I got older and just had like a little bit more self-awareness i just realized like well, what's the point in putting myself through a situation where i'm going to like be disappointed in the end so i stopped like i stopped going over to his house or you know i i i didn't really feel like i needed to see him um anymore and what the craziest way to i guess encapsulate mine and my dad's relationship is it was always hard for me to call him dad mm. like i would sit I would, I remember being younger and I remember like needing something, but I could not say dad. Like I remember, like I would practice it under my breath. I'd be like, dad, dad, dad. But I just could not get it out. I could not call him my dad because for some reason he did not feel like a fatherly figure in any way. Um, That's real. I'm so it's kind of depressing, but it's kind of dark, but it was just, and like, I just realized really early on, I was like, I don't really need him. Like my mom and I don't need him. I don't need a fatherly figure. And despite like what a lot of people felt, a lot of people were like, but Brie needs her dad in her life. I was totally fine being raised by all women, my grandmother, my mom, my aunt. Like I didn't yeah. feel like I was missing anything. Has a conversation been had, like kind of like basically what you just told us now, have you expressed to him how he wasn't there in the past? Like have you interacted in that way I haven't no I haven't I haven't no because I just I never I think people put a lot of pressure on me to like have this traditional family unit like yeah. have a mom and have a dad and I hate that pressure because I'm like what if he was what if it was like he was just never there like then what 
And that's kind of what I feel like. I just feel like just by biologically, he is my dad, but in any other sense of the word, he was never there. He doesn't like, he doesn't know who I am. Honestly, the most that he knows of me is through watching The Bachelor. Damn. That's not a lot. No. So that's crazy. Do you feel that you love hard when you are in a relationship with someone or do you feel like uh, subconsciously they may leave you? No, I never, I don't feel like subconsciously they'll leave me. I do feel like I'm, I definitely am a hard lover. Like I'll give my all to someone um, if I trust them, but I've never been scared in a relationship, like scared that they would leave me for whatever reason. Don't, that's great. Can I say something like, I was, as we were listening to you, We've never done this on this podcast, but may I ask your mother's name? Lauren. Lauren. Lauren is the real MVP. Seriously. (laughs) This woman (laughs) puts you through private school. This woman hates when people make it seem as if they're giving her a backhanded compliment. This woman did not talk down or talk shit about your father, your absentee father at times. Lauren, you are the real MVP if you're listening. (laughs) Just wanted to say that first and foremost. That is amazing. And the rest of her family too. I mean, everybody that stepped up, her uncles, her aunts, yeah. cousins, everybody. I mean, and from what we're right learning there. is that family doesn't have to be blood strictly, right? That's what you're telling us, you know. This, yeah. So Bree, you said that uh you, you felt that not knowing how to call your father dad is depressing and or dark. I want to tell you, no, it's not. Like this is what modern family is in today's culture and society, right? Here on Talking Out, we talk about the uncomfortable things. You are not the only one out yeah. there that has said or practiced dad. I remember, and I have never said okay. this before, uh, I love my father, I love my dad. He listens to our podcast, he's a fan. But I remember he sat me down, I believe I was 13 years old. He said, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. I've never said that story to my best homies, right? And I said, oh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, well, say it. And I, like you, Bree, had a hard time saying it. So it's not something that is depressing. It's not something that is a dark or we say under our breath. It's real life. It's just that we don't have places to talk about it. One of the reasons I became a mentor of Big Brothers Big Sisters is because my mentee doesn't have a father figure in his life. And no, I'm not his dad whatsoever, but I want him to know what it's like to have that male figure in his life. And so I applaud you for saying that. It's not a dark thing at all. Yeah. You're not the only one out there that's dad, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's very important that we normalize situations just like Breeze, just like yours, Mike. I mean, this is this is the world we live in today. You know what I mean? This isn't yeah. the nineteen fifties anymore where, you know, it was the father was the breadwinner and, you know, the little family structure with a white picket fence and whatnot. You know, that's times have changed. You know, women have evolved, they got into the workplace, the laws have changed. I mean, everything is is changing around us. And I think it's very important to tell stories like Brie, because as we know, you know, a lot of people are very impressionable. They listen to our podcast and, you know, they're, they're not less than, you know what I mean? Like this is the norm and you have a beautiful story like Brie's where, you know, she was raised by a beautiful, strong mother and along with the rest of her family and look how great she turned out. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. That Brie's gonna have all these crazy, problems. She's she crazy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. I don't know. No, but you like. No, I'm I'm actually psychotic. But <laughs> yeah. no, no, I mean, I, mean, I think it's. Go ahead. I'll let you finish, Brian. No, no. From what from what we could tell, from everything I've heard, I mean, you're you seem like super well adjusted. You're smart. You got a good head on your shoulders, and I think that's just a tribute to the modern family that you grew up with. You know what I mean? So even though yeah. it wasn't you know, the, the, the societal norm of what it was back in the day. I mean, you, I thought you, I think you turned out great and you're, and you, I think you well, have a lot to teach people out there about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And beautifully said, I really like how you, how you just kind of articulated all of that, because I think it's really important for us to like challenge ourselves because in so many points of my life, people always made it feel like I was missing something people like if I enter into a relationship and someone's like meet the like I want to meet your parents like you're gonna meet my mom what about your dad maybe let's just extend grace to people and let them tell you what their family looks like rather than jumping to a conclusion or asking about your parents I mean I just recently heard that some schools are trying to take away um mom and dad um for for 
like gendered reasons, but also because yeah. you might have guardians, you might not have parents, you Very might be true. raised by your godparents, you might be raised by your aunts and uncles. Like it, that will then end this stigma of having a traditional family coming from a two parent household because everyone in my life, at least all my friends, all came from two parent households. Wow, so they nice. were always like, whenever I said my mom's coming, I was like, they're like, what about your dad? Is your dad coming? no he won't be there and then it sparks this entire conversation of like well where's Bree's dad and like I said I never felt like I was missing anything but it always made me feel people always made me feel like I was and I think it's really important for us to challenge ourselves whenever we enter conversations with people to not be so intrusive into other people's lives and let people give people the room to tell us their stories on their own and also again remind ourselves traditional families can look like anything they can look like two dads two moms aunts uncles they can look like just a community yes a hundred percent agree it's funny because in my upbringing the people that had two parents were the minority right i wasn't mm. i wasn't asked that I, I wanted to say damn i had the thought <laughs> i wanted to say in regards to what you're saying 87 percent of homes aren't the, the mother, the father, the two, three kids, the white picket fence. 87% yeah. are not. And it's still perceived as the American dream, but we never know what's behind that that front door, right? We don't know right. if the father is cheating, if if the mother is being abused or, and or abusing someone. We don't know if the children, we don't know what is going on behind the closed doors, right? So people can be assumptive, but it's not a true depiction of what's going on behind the doors. You may have both parents right. in your household. Like you said, two mothers, two fathers. We, we don't know. What is normal anyway? One of my favorite artists, Miguel, said that in one of his songs. What is normal anyway? What normal should be, I have love in my household. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Mike. I mean, just because you do, let's say you do have a father and a mother and that, you know, that quote unquote ideal family structure. I mean, the love might be missing there. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, there may be infidelity, there might be fighting, and that's obviously coming down onto the onto the child. You know what I'm saying? So even if they were separated, you know, and they're both happy individually, now they can actually flush all that love into the kid, and they, you know, maybe well adjusted, even though they're not together. You know what I'm saying? You know what's crazy, Brian, is that we just had Zach on the podcast, right? He said he grew yeah. up beautiful. Two parent household, brothers and like the whole siblings, they, yep. they were well off, you know. And Zach is a wonderful individual, but he had a, a detour, I guess you would say, in his life. And we got Bree. Yeah. This mama, Bree, Lauren, you yeah. are MVP. You, was, <laughs> you put your daughter in private school. I feel like Bree would, you know, she could argue with me, right, on, on her level of intelligence yeah. and like, and raise it. Don't be saying get yeah to that. And she said, yeah, I can. <laughs> and so. <laughs> This what is normal? What is normal? We got to cut that out, right? We just truly yeah. have to. But as children, as we all know, I was one. Y'all may have been on the other side of that. I bet y'all was on my side as well. We we're, we're kids. We talk shit about each other, right? But as adults, like they say in the Bible, I, as I became an adult, I had to learn to put childish things away. And so right. that's what we must do: is stop the assumptive, stop the assumptions. And I think that your modern family has been a wonderful thing. I think you're going to be a wonderful big sister. Okay. It's perfect. It was Rumi. What, what was your uh, what was sister's name again? Her name is Rumi. R U M I. I love it. Rumi. I'm so excited. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Like everybody's everybody's family is perfect for themselves. I mean, you know, everybody totally. has their own unique situation, and and this is what these are the people and the upbringing that made Brie who she who she is, and you know what I mean. Like and, you only got to be thankful. And for that. I'll say, I'll say one thing too. One last final thought that I have on it is like. What's also crazy to me is everyone's always so surprised by my mom. They're like, whoa, like mind blowing. Your mom had you at 13, 14. Now look at you. You have a great job. You're super successful. You're you're so articulate. You're so smart, intelligent. And in my mind, it's like we're not giving women enough credit. Like we're were not expecting. (laughs) Yeah, that's what my mom said. My mom was like, what did you expect of me? You just expected me to be another statistic or you expected me to be a teen mom and not make a life for herself and not make a life for my daughter. So I think we've got to like drop, like you said, the assumptions of because you're this, then you're supposed to have a life like this. 
Um, and my mom has always taught, I mean, always told me like, you have to work 10 times harder to prove everyone wrong. So I just, I think we've got to give people more credit for just like powering through life and really sure. just going all in. Yeah. Surviving. Perseverance, true. I think one of the most important things that I've learned is to always communicate with the people around you, with the people yeah. who are closest to you. Because I guess my mom was a single mom. Yes, she was. She is the real MVP. Like, right. yes, she is like fucking Superman. But that's not to say that we did not struggle. And I think that really built really thick skin for the both of us. Whenever I'm struggling, I do not burden anyone else or I feel like if I tell someone that I'm struggling I'm going to be burdening someone else that's something that my mom always constantly I felt like struggled with growing up that she can't she hated feeling like she was burdening people with her problems and that's something that I've learned growing up is I can't keep my problems or setbacks or struggles to myself like I really need to lean on the people lean on my community for help and it's okay to say hey I'm struggling I need help or hey it's okay like let like I don't know just maybe asking people more like what how can I help you um because I feel like a lot of times that's maybe what isolated my mom and I for so long was like we were always so afraid to tell people like we're struggling it, it's more than okay it's it should be it's necessary yeah it's necessary this is what we should yeah. be doing uh reaching out to our fellow human being Rhea, I want to ask you uh this came from this question came from one of a one of our listeners, she had said that you'd be surprised the influence that you have. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. And so how, what words would you say to the kid out there listening that is in a similar position as you, the way that you grew up and or the way that you are right now to where you feel isolated, you felt isolated, shall I say? Yeah, yeah, I would say I would like tell my younger self. Yeah. Um, I would tell my younger self that nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems. And I would encourage them and implore them to keep dreaming and pursuing their goals. I actually wanted to ask, I mean, Amber, as far as like the, Brie, your experience on the show, obviously, you know, yeah. it's a big undertaking. We've all gone through it. What did, what do you think you learned from the show and everything that you went through and how did that impact the relationship with your mother? Like, did it, did your, the relationship with your mother change at all post-show or through that process? No, I mean, what was interesting is I actually didn't expect this, but, um, my mom, I mean, watching that first episode back whenever I shared like that feeling of being isolated my mom, it made my mom really sad. And I was like, mm. they totally completely cut off the part where I was, I felt like I said, I felt like that was a very selfish feeling of me to say that I felt isolated. But I mean, if anything, it's just what I've learned from the show, what I've taken away from the show is like, there is nothing weak about being vulnerable and being open. Mm. I mean, it's I true. came out, came on the show and like spilled my heart out. It felt like, like shared things that I would never share with anyone let alone on national television to be aired to like millions of people and i think people always like tie like weakness with vulnerability and it should be in fact the opposite yeah couldn't be farther from the truth and i totally commend you for that and mike i think you did it the same way you basically laid everything out on the line and that's in essence that's the only way to do this right i mean yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to regret or say, oh man, I should have done this or should I have, I should have let more of myself out there. You know, the fact that you were able to just let it all out during your time. I mean, you know, you have no regrets, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, th this comes to, <laughs> Mike's like, <laughs> well, we get questions all the time, all three of us about our experience on the show. And Brian, you're the married one. Uh, Bree, I don't know your situation, but I, I'm the single one out of the Brian and I. And I always think about what, like in my dating now in comparison to the show, when you're on the show, you don't know if you'll ever see that person again. You don't know if you'll have a one-on-one -on -one experience mm -hmm. with that person again. You don't know if you'll be able to get 15 minutes with that individual. You don't have a cell phone. So your communication is always in person. And I think that in real life versus the show, 
in real life, we take that for granted. So therefore we may not pour out as much. Like you were saying when you were with Matt, yeah. you said things to him and just in general that you would never say. And I feel it's because we feel that, oh, I'll see her or I'll see him next week, yeah. whatever the case may be. Accelerated. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's accelerated, but it's also good. Uh, well, Bree, we loved having you on. Your intelligence uh, shines bright and shines through your words. Uh, thank you for that. And talking about thank modern families. Thank you so families, much for coming on, Bree. We love modern families. There is nothing wrong with your setup for all of our listeners out there. I mean, look, we got Brian. Brian could be the father to Bree and she could have a child. And Brian, you could be a grandpa right now, bro. How does it feel? <laughs> I'm grand Granddaddy. I'm granddaddy, baby. You and, six, you and big sis Rach could be grandparents right now, right? Oh my God. Listen, we're going to be, we're gonna be the coolest parents. We are the coolest. great parents. The coolest parents. That's awesome. Sign me up. Sign me up. But thank you guys seriously so much for yeah, having appreciate me. I really, you, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank so you for being so open and vulnerable with us. Appreciate you. Yo, Mike, uh, Brie was such a breath of fresh air um, telling us about her story, about her modern family. And uh, I, I think the message was clear. We need to normalize everybody's family today in today's age, you know, Everybody's different. Everybody grows up differently with both parents, with one parent, you know, raised by their extended family. It doesn't matter. That's your story. And we should normalize that type of family structure. And I think that she she nailed it. I mean, she look look how she came out. I mean, she's she looks like she has such a good, great head on her shoulders. And she does. You know, I uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really happy we were able to share her story. Like what about you? Said- you? Like, no, it's like you said, bro, that's her story, right? So I think yeah. that our story we need to stand on. And Brie is standing on her story. And so I love to see it. There is no what's normal anyway. Uh, that's her modern family. And Absolutely. I can't wait to continue to have more conversations like this to see that authentic uh, side of people that doesn't get talked about, the things that they, you know, hold under the breath. Like she said, dad, right? Those things are just yeah, awesome. Yeah, that man. was powerful. That was powerful. No, and I mean, like you said, man, I mean, her mom, she's she's a real MVP. I mean, everything that she she went through to to raise such a strong daughter. I mean, kudos to her. Um, But on that note, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Yes. And family, you already know that we love to hear your opinions, your stories and your insights. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN. That's Talking It Out B as in Bachelor in His Nation on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Wondery App, or wherever you listen to right now. And baby, don't DM me unless you hit that subscribe button. Love y'all.